0: Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. My guest today is Amy Brown. A joyful, exuberant, and faithful Christian whose vision is to glorify Christ by testifying to the unbeliever of his saving grace and by bringing encouragement to those who already know him. Amy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, you are definitely bringing us grace by have by being here. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I noticed Amy Brown and Amy Brooks, so which one which one which one is it?
1: I'm Amy Brown. So I just got married uh, a a year ago, the 4th, September 4th. So congratulations. Thank you. So we just celebrated our first anniversary.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, So, um, you know, the show is called Mobility and Inclusion. And when I found out about you, I'm like, she'd be a great guest on my podcast. (laughs) So uh, thank you for accepting to be here. And, um, you know, you in your uh, when you send me your bio, I, I, you know, it was very short, but it hit all the right topics that I usually talk about from mm-hmm. uh, you know the quality of your life uh, and how how you cope with, with a transition from one state to the other, right? And then what's your attitude and how does your personality shifts? And then uh, the the depth of your of your humor, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. when that shift happens, you know, how do you, you, basically, what does your life look like moving forward? Right. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about all this stuff uh, for you, but first let's hear from you, uh, who Amy Brown is.
1: Hey, Amy Brown, um, was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I was born without arms and legs and, um, I was actually abandoned at the hospital by, uh, my birth family and, uh one of the family members even suggested placing me in a room and not feeding me. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, um, but I was adopted by a wonderful Christian family, and they kind of taught me the importance of being independent, and um, they instilled that in me, and that's something that I've wanted since since I've been little, and I strive for that, and um, they didn't t- treat me any differently than my my other siblings and I was included in on everything um I just did things a little bit differently
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I I can imagine
1: yeah and so I'm I'm I went to a public school I did everything all all the other kids were doing um and I'm, I'm an artist I uh do a little bit of motivational speaking and Um, like I said I just got married a year ago and I moved from Pittsburgh to Mississippi so a huge shift
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's wonderful well uh, you know so you life for you is regular life for you is without arms and legs right so uh, and and the way your family treated you mattered I'm I'm assuming was very important in the ways of not differentiating between you and your siblings and you know expecting you to do the same things that they were doing with arms and legs right Absolutely so How did you you know how did you cope like when when you were child growing up like you I'm sure you saw the difference and what was it like to you you know when you I mean your siblings were doing some things in certain way and then you were doing this, the same tasks and how were you able to accomplish those tasks?
1: I don't know. I mean, I've, a part of it is obviously um, the faith of my my family. And they taught me that I was born like this for a reason. You know, God doesn't make mistakes. And so I've also, I think God gave me a little bit of a hard head <laughs> growing up. And and I was always determined to do things, you know. Um, and I I took things, I took challenges as more of an adventure. Mm-hmm. And um honestly, I, when I was little, I'm not even sure I saw myself as different until, you know, maybe I got older. And yeah. so, um, so yeah, I mean, my family is, is a big part of why I have the attitude that I, that I do today. And, and obviously my faith um, contributes to that as well. So I think without that, I would be in a, in a much different state of mind and, and maybe not as independent as I am today.
0: Yeah, I can. I, I can imagine for sure. I mean, uh, you, you know, shaping up someone's attitude comes a lot from you know our families, right? Comes a lot, especially when we're when we're younger, growing up. A lot of our families, our parents' attitudes is kind of like passed on to us. And when you have that kind of can-do attitude and no differentiation, right, similar expectations, so that's part of what kind of shaped you up in becoming who you are today. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when you talk about quality of life now, I'm not sure, maybe, you know, because we've spoken before, uh, I started a robotics company uh, doing assistive robotics to impact people's quality of life Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Uh, But, you know, coming into this space, I didn't have too much exposure to the community of people with disabilities so right. i had good good mentors if you will from the community and mm-hmm. the way i approached my work is by asking by asking the people that i was going to serve what they needed the most
1: right, right.
0: so growing up i'm sure you used various things to assist you with your with your daily tasks right and what was I guess what was the most useful, the least useful? Can you talk a little bit about that stuff?
1: Yeah, so I grew up um going to um, Alfred I DuPont in Delaware every year where they would give me occupational therapy and stuff and on, on how to use prosthetics. And I've had all different kinds of prosthetics growing up, and um to be honest, like I found myself coming back home from that trip and like using what God gave me <laughs> the most. Um, and I thought that was strange. I felt weird that that I didn't want to use the arms that they were giving me, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I learned later on that people who are born like me tend to not use prosthetics, but people who um, had arms and legs or, or a limb that they had lost yeah, later yeah. on in life tend to want that back. Yeah. So So tools for me were more useful than actual arms. Um, or, and obviously, I use a wheelchair to get around outside of the house. I'm I'm able to walk, which I do a lot at home. Um, but tools, things that I would need to put in my mouth or things to reach to reach things um, was always a big deal for me. If I had something within my reach, I was typically able to do the task that I was wanting to do. But if something is out of my reach. That's where the difficulty comes. So yeah. um, tools that would help me to reach those things um, are a big deal for me.
0: So that's that's really good perspective. I, I never thought about that. I never thought about it in, in from that angle, meaning people who were born without arms and legs tend to not want the prosthetics. But then mm-hmm. if you had an arm and or arms and legs and you lost, you know, either an arm or a leg oh. during your lifetime, you tend to mm-hmm. want that kind of functionality back in your body right so that's that's very interesting um and you know that's and for me what I'm you know I I started my company by asking people such as yourself Mm -hmm. hey what do you what do you want me to do like because I'm I'm really passionate about this uh, and I didn't want to approach it from the wrong angle so that's why I you know I let my target audience depict what my product should be that i go to market with and Mm -hmm. when you said you know you use tools i kind of like got happy a little bit because i'm you know i'm doing tools for people for for assistance right nothing more nothing less so basically make make makes things more accessible to you more more easier to to accomplish and faster to accomplish probably and Mm -hmm. potentially impact the quality of, of your life right um Now, when you said you were able to walk, uh, how were you able to walk? Just,
1: I scoot on my bottom. (laughs) Okay. Got
0: it. Got it. Okay. I waddle. (laughs) Okay. Okay. okay, Good. Because yeah, I wasn't sure if, uh, again, because you said you didn't want the arms or the legs and then you were able to walk. So I wasn't sure how, uh, how much of legs did you have? I I really really just
1: have hips, honestly, just hips. And, and I just waddle on those, um, that was another thing um that i i actually never tried prosthetic legs mm-hmm. um mainly because i don't have arms either and if i were to fall i would never be able to catch myself
0: yeah yeah um, got
1: it. and and also because of the sh- how short my my hips actually are i would need to be in almost like a full body cast in order yeah, yeah, to yeah. hold them on
0: <laughs> yeah actually i i met another uh, another individual who i am not sure if she was born with half an arm she she has probably up until her elbow I want to say but I'm not sure if she was born like that or she lost it in an accident and she was telling me the shorter your limbs are the more difficult it is to fit you with a prosthetic
1: right
0: yeah so because uh, but you know I know another individual who works at MIT and he's uh he lost his both his legs during a a climbing accident i want to say okay. uh, and you know now he's developing these uh prosthetics that are attached to your nervous system so mm-hmm. basically your bionic foot in his case foot feet right mm-hmm. uh, can still feel as if it were your own foot and toes which, i believe which those are very-
1: called i believe those are called myoelectric
0: yes myoelectric exactly exactly yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, I think he's doing great work there and it's, it's fascinating, right. To connect something foreign, basically with your nervous system and Mm -hmm. have your brain basically work like you had the legs before, but you know, that comes back to what you said earlier about, um, you know, the difference between those who were born with legs and those who were born without it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, now let's talk about a little bit about uh, you know school how did you cope in school with you know with the kids around you with with those who had arms and legs and then there was you walking around or rolling around in a wheelchair so mm-hmm. how what was the perception like and how did you cope with it
1: you know honestly um I, I disliked school, <laughs> but I, I was not bullied, um, thankfully. Um, I was a very quiet and shy girl, or shy and quiet girl. Let's get that right, <laughs> uh, in school. And so it was really hard for me to um, ask for things when I needed them. Um, I remember like dropping a pencil or whatever, and I would rather go without writing notes than to ask the person next to me to pick it up for me. Yeah, That's how it yeah. was but I did have a few friends who um, were there for me. And especially in high school, they would help me get from one class to the the other and get my books out and things like that. Um, I'm able to write so I can, I could take my own notes and do my own homework and everything. Um, It did take me a whole lot longer to do all of that work than everybody else. But um, my mom would often um, say, can't, can I please call school and ask the teacher just to like Give you a copy of their notes and i'm like no i don't i don't want any special treatment you know and to be honest you learn better when you write things down yourself uh, anyway
0: I, I like that too yes <laughs>
1: and i'm not a very easy learner so <laughs> i figured all the help that i can get, that i can get in school but um yeah like i said i, I wasn't really bullied um thankfully but um but I was a shy, a shy girl, and
0: so that's that's really interesting. So yeah. I, I'm by, by the way, I'm glad you weren't bullied, uh, uh, because I've talked to other people who who were. So especially, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's you know a bad day for everyone. So I'm glad that didn't happen to you. But you you touched on the topic that I wanna uh, you know I wanna highlight, which was the independence, right? You didn't want other people to do things for you. Yeah. And during my research. Both, both when I wrote the book, mobility and inclusion, and by the, by the guests on my podcasts, and even my mentors from the disability community, told me that independence is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how do you explain what independent, how valuable that independence is to you and people in your community? How do you explain that to someone who doesn't necessarily have that exposure to the community of people with disabilities.
1: I mean, I guess maybe I could liken it to, you know, an able-bodied person maybe breaking their arm and realizing how much they actually use that arm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and having to use, you know, especially if it's their dominant arm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. having to switch and use, use the opposite arm, you become really grateful in that moment that you that you had both arms, you know that you have both arms, and so I think that that is just something that we uh, you know the people in my community understand, and so when we are able to do something for ourselves it 's like, yes, I want to do that, you know, I want to do more of that, and and the less help that you have, the better because then you're not waiting on other people and and it's absolutely a blessing that you have those other people that. Are willing to help you and absolutely and it, and it blesses them in return but at the same time you know you have your life and you want to live your life and you don't want to live it on other people's timing if if at all possible you know and I think absolutely. a lot of people take that for granted
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and um no I cannot agree with you more uh, I mean my personal experience uh with caregiving really was uh, was with my uh, grandparents they both had the strokes so after the stroke they were like Completely different person. They were, Mm -hmm. you know, I I can say fully paralyzed, right? They 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 could only talk, and even even the talking was, uh, you know, not hundred percent. So, um, and caregiving, you know, at home was very difficult because you know everyone around has has jobs, has their own life to deal with, right? So, um. So caregiving is not an easy task. No. So um, and and you know, take that independence being taken away from the individual, I saw that firsthand mm-hmm. and I saw how that had a big impact on their emotional well-being. That mm-hmm. kind of deteriorated that their their health more exactly. than the actual uh, issue, physical issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which which is which is very important to, for people to understand how impactful that that emotional well being is for an individual,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: especially when you can't cope well with that transition from from one exactly. state to the other. Um, you you said something that uh, yeah. I wanted to talk I wanted to ask you about but I forgot. Damn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let's talk about. Let's talk about, you You mentioned your attitude and personality, you know, being the way you are, what shaped your attitude and your personality? You know, I know, I know you're a, you're an individual of faith uh, as, as am I, you know, I actually, my, my grandfather was actually a priest and okay. now my, my uncle is a priest. So I come from a long line of, uh, you know, religious mm-hmm. uh, individuals. Uh, so I, I, you know, definitely know the impact that had on my life. So I, you know, I can right. appreciate it when one when one talks about it. Uh, so you know, how how was your attitude and personality shaped over the I years? Feel
1: like, I feel like humor is important because if you can laugh about something, you know, if you're if if you're not laughing about it, you're crying about it. And like you just said, uh, you know that deteriorates your health even more you know yep. and my family has an awesome sense of humor you know and they they didn't pull any punches with me and it taught me to you know make light of situations and make fun of myself you know and make fun of them back you know and all of that and and that uh, my husband is the same way with me so you know <laughs> Um, that makes things easier. I will say, in the beginning of our marriage, you know, coming to an apartment where I had less independence than I did at home, where things were more modified for for me.
0: Yeah,
1: that was that was a big transition for me, and 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 it was hard for me in the beginning, you know. And that was something that he tried to help me find again was my humor and you know my my personality again, and that, and it definitely makes a difference, even even in this last year, you know. So humor is huge. For me
0: I, yeah I, I mean i'm very uh you know humorous person even even with my grandparents when they were like in that in that situation so mm-hmm. i used to make 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 fun of them uh all in good spirits of course right all right. to lighten the mood up Absolutely. right especially for the caregivers who in this case were my mom and my especially my aunt who lived with with them Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know they're under that stress all the time, and it's mm-hmm. very damaging to their health as well. So every time I walked, I walked in there, I used to like crack up jokes and stuff like that. And it's like, uh-huh. and I'll be like, "Hey, Grandma, if she's not taking good care of you, let me know. I'll replace her, you know, tomorrow." Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so. My mom uh, had
1: a good one for me, like if when I was young and I would like fall over and she'd would say, Oh, Amy, did you trip over your big toe? You know, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I mean, I uh, my jokes could be extreme at at points, uh, you know, uh, but but I don't care. And and you know, even extreme jokes in these kind of situations are 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 very, uh, you know, mood lightening, right? So they they lighten mm-hmm. the mood in a way, uh, for example. Uh, my my aunt was took out my grandmother on her wheelchair to you know around the house just walking and getting fresh air and um, the the wheelchair wheel got stuck the caster wheels got stuck Mm -hmm. and my grandmother fell right and uh, so till today I make fun of that situation because of course my aunt felt really bad, you know that to, right. to you know, in her on her watch, she dropped a very fragile person, so she was right. feeling really bad. So every time I walk in there, I'll be like, "Did you drop her? Did you drop her again?" You know, like exactly. you know so it's like it's it's kind of on a like heavier side joke, but when 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 there's that dense of a situation or tense, I should say of situation. Mm-hmm. It's always good to crack up jokes. I Life
1: is short and nobody is getting out alive. And so you may as well enjoy it, right?
0: Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you mentioned you're an artist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So please uh, talk about that. What do you do?
1: Yeah. Well, I've done a little bit of drawing growing up, but I don't do a whole lot of that anymore. But I actually, um, so I make purses. Um, so, um, and, I lo- and I love to do that. And so I didn't, I didn't know that was a skill that I had until... About four years ago, but yeah, um I have a, a machine that helps me to uh, it just has some pretty cool buttons that allow me to to work it perfectly and um, I don't even know how the purses thing developed actually, I do I needed one myself because uh, it's not really easy for me to find purses that I can use my myself with the, mm-hmm. the correct length strap and stuff like that, and so I decided to make one for my cell phone and um and it kind of just went from there and, and took off. And now I make them for other people and I uh, have myself a little business and nice. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. So what kind of uh so these purses are for everyone, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, right? anybody yeah. wants one, yeah. Yep.
0: And and where can where can we find these uh state-of-the-art uh you know creations of yours?
1: Yeah, so I have some on my website and, and it's amybrooks.org that goes back to my maiden name but um, amybrooks.org and you can see um, I'm actually also an author of two autobiographies you can find them there and um, some of the past purses that I've done you won't find any for sale right now but that's mostly because I do commissions so if you want something specific and you can reach out to me and tell me what you'd like and I can make it to your specifications which is you know kind of my thing because I need mine to to my specifications so
0: (laughs) that's awesome that's very cool Uh, what about the paintings can uh, is there is there are there any of those on your website as well i do
1: have some of my old prints on there you can find those on there as well so um, that's
0: awesome that's awesome and um any any anything else we can do for you like either us uh, me as as an individual or you know the people who are listening how can they support you what 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 can they do today to you know um make make your path easier
1: yeah, well my husband and i actually have a youtube channel um that you could go support if you'd like we're we're trying to get it monetized to help us to buy a house Nice. <laughs> so um yeah on that youtube channel we kind of just share our story and things that we do together and also i have a little series called how does she do it and so if you'd like to see actually how i do specific things especially around the house and the apartment um, we do little clips about how on how I am able to do those things. That's so, so
0: cool. Did you mention the name of the YouTube? I did channel? not. It's okay. actually
1: called Babs and Honeybee.
0: Babs <laughs> so, and Honeybee. Okay. Yeah.
1: My husband is Honeybee and I'm Babs. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for your time, uh, Amy. I I had me. so much fun. I hope you did too.
1: Absolutely. Thank um, you for having me.
0: Of course. And, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll talk more and uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do, right?
1: Yep. Good luck on your, um, your robotics.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to pick your brain when the, when the time comes, you know, in terms of tasks Um, that, uh, you know, because mine is a tool, like you said, right. It's not attached to any, anything or anyone. So it's, it's like a helper tool that, you know, uh, potentially can make, make things easier to accomplish right Absolutely. so i'm looking forward to more interactions with you and
1: thank awesome you so much i'm ready with for us. it thanks right. for having me
0: all right bye 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 this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com